Hey Calvary, I'm Pastor John Mark. This week we're walking through our third week and final week of our core series here at Calvary. We looked at community, we looked at outreach, and today we're looking at relationships. You know, I was thinking this week and I had a conversation. I heard somebody say, in my quiet time, I heard God say to me, and I, I sat there thinking, man, like, you know, why doesn't that happen to me? You know, I was thinking, listening and thinking, you know, how many times have I heard someone say that and thought to myself, why do when I go to prayer, do I not have these, these crazy moments where God is speaking to me, downloading things to me? It happens and it happens more now that I'm more mature and I've grown and I've learned different things about myself and, and about God. But I remember I was brought back to a time when I was a teenager and I heard this pastor say, in my quiet time, I heard God say to me, and having this thought of like, what am I doing wrong? You know, am I starting the prayer the wrong way? Uh, am I thinking or not thanking him enough? Maybe I'm asking him for too many things. You know, maybe I'm just not listening enough. So, you know, the next time I remember I, I woke up early before school and I said, I'm going to sit here in silence. I'm going to put my hands in this posture to be blessed. And then I woke up an hour later from the best nap of my life. You know, I don't know what it is, but just sometimes I hear these words, you know, in my quiet time, I hear from God. And I remember when I was younger, just being so, you know, disappointed in my relationship with God that it wasn't to that level yet. You know, have you ever been there? Have you ever felt that way about your relationship with God? Because I know I have been there. You know, today we're looking at this third core value. We, have a, we here as a church have, it's relationship with God. We're going we're gonna to talk about why this is so important, that we name it as a value, but also we're going to talk about how that relationship, like we just described, where you hear from God personally, is available to you. Let's pray before we get into it. Dear God, thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that you want to be in a relationship with us. God, as we go through your word, would you uh, just bring things to life for us today? God, we love you so much. Amen. So let's get into it. What and why is this a value here at Calvary? You know, first, a reminder of what a value is. A value is just something that we use as a filter for all decisions we make as a church. Uh, if something doesn't fit within community, within outreach, within relationship, then we don't do it, period. That's, this is how this works. You know, our official leadership playbook that we've created as a team uh, says this about relationship. It says that our environments, meaning our Sundays, our midweek ministries, our meetups, online church, our environments must be providing opportunities for people to interact with God, with His Word, with His Spirit, and in celebratory worship. You see, what we're committed to as a church when it comes to relationship with God is this, that we will actively pursue our relationship with God, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, in order to know and experience Him better. We will study the Bible and we're going to do our best to be biblically true, understanding that we all look in and process things differently. We're not always going to be a thousand percent accurate, but we're going to do our best to be biblically true. We're going to communicate with God, you know, personally as staff, we're committed to this, but also in our times of worship, in our times corporately, we are, we are going to create opportunities for us to communicate with God. And we will learn of God through relationships and experiences. You know, this is not something that we do alone. We do it in community. We sharpen each other. We push each other forward. We build each other up. Praying for each other when we're in need. These are all parts of this relationship with God that we are committed to as a church here at Calvary. You know, we were created to be in relationship with God and with others. This is, this is, this is really, this is why this is so important because we were created 
by God, to be in relationship with God. You know, I, I think often we find ourselves committing to doing all those things that we just listed above, right? We, we read our Bibles, we check it off, we, we prayed, uh, we check it off, we joined a small group, we met our neighbors in need, we made a meal for somebody. And we do all these things that we think will bring us to that place where we're in this right relationship with God. And we see this relationship with God more as a to-do list rather than a way of life. And I know you've heard this before, but I think if we're not careful, this is where we fall into. This is a trap we fall into. You know, this week I was reading a familiar story in the Bible uh, in Luke chapter 5. This might be a story you're familiar with as well. And it's a story where God tells Peter that he will be a fisher of man. Uh, it's, it's titled as the calling of the first disciples. You know, and I, as I was reading it, I noticed something in this story that reminded me of this relationship so many of us find ourselves in. A relationship that seems one-sided, not really life transformational as we thought it would be. You know, like it's a relationship, you know, is it really a relationship worth pursuing? You know, but in this story, we see this big shift take place. And I want to look at that together with you guys today. So here we go. Let's read some some verses from Luke chapter 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genseray, the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. He saw as the water's edge two boats, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, Master, key on that, we're going to talk about that in a second. Simon Peter says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners to the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all the companions were astonished at this catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to shore, left everything, and followed him. You know, for some reason, I've always thought that this was the first interaction with Peter, James, John, and Jesus. I don't know if it was the way I was taught in, uh, as a kid in Sunday school or just how I've always interpreted, but I always thought that this was the very first interaction with Jesus and Peter. You know, and I thought these guys just had this crazy bold faith to trust a complete stranger, drop everything, follow him. And, and to me, it made sense, right? You read it, we know who Jesus is. We know what he's done. We know the miracles he's about to do. So, of course, you'd follow this man. But to these guys, that's not necessarily who he is yet. You know, so you know, as I'm reading, there's a couple observations that I want to share with you. And the very first one is that these guys already knew and already followed Jesus. You see, we see... Peter used the word master in verse 5. This is a word only used in the Gospel of Luke. And Luke uses this uh, not, you know, not as a specific term like rabbi or teacher. But Luke uses this, uses this term master when he's referring to Jesus as someone in authority. Specifically someone in authority over you. You know, why would Simon Peter use such a strong word to describe someone that he just met and heard about? You know, then we go on to verse 8. Here we see Peter use the word Lord. 
Peter already had this understanding of Jesus' claims to be the Messiah, the one who was to come to earth, bring us away to a right relationship with God, and he becomes aware of his sinfulness in this moment after this miracle takes place. He realizes who Jesus is, that he is who he says he is, and he considers himself unworthy to be in his presence. You know, you have to understand what just happened here, okay? Jesus gives Peter instructions that Peter says, Master, I'm the expert here. This is basically what he says. I'm the, I'm the expert. We fished all night long. Nighttime was the time to fish. That's when the fishermen went out and had the best, best opportunity to catch fish. You know, he's saying, you know, I know what I'm doing here. We fished all night. We got nothing. You know, but if you say so, I will throw these nets back in and see what happens. But, you know, I know what's happening and nothing's going to really happen here. Then all of a sudden we see what happens, right? This boat begins to sink. They have too many fish. They call a second boat over and both boats begin to sink. You know, immediately this expert fisherman falls to his knees, understanding the miracle of this catch in the daytime of all moments. And he falls to the floor and says, I am unworthy, Jesus. I doubted you. Please leave me because I don't want to face this embarrassment. You know, have you ever found yourself there? Found yourself in this moment in time where you said, God, I'm the expert of my own life. I know what's best for me. Just let me do this thing or take that job or date that person all to find out that maybe God knows what he's doing. And what I thought was right didn't happen or didn't end up being the thing that I should have been doing. You know, our response in those moments when we come to that realization is actually the thing that matters. You know, I don't think God expects us to be perfect and always make the right choice and always do what he wants us to do because we somehow always get blinded by ourselves. But it's what we do when we, when we realize that we've done that, what matters. You know, do we drop to our knees in repentance or do we double down on our pride? You know, the second observation that I see in this passage is that a right relationship with God begins with repentance. You know, we see here with Peter, and it reminds me of my own life. You know, these moments where I begin to question, does God really listen to me? You know, I've noticed that when he does seem to respond, or when I feel uh, he gives me a word or downloads dreams in my heart, or whatever that might be, it's often after I repent of my selfish, prideful, I know best ways. You know, when I actually say, sorry, I'm not the expert of my life, God, you are in charge. What do you want me to do? You know, I said it earlier, but I'll repeat it again. You were made to be in relationship with God. And you were born on purpose and for His purpose, not your own. And the most fulfilled you will ever be in life is when you are in a right relationship with God and you are living a life devoted to His purpose, no matter the cost to you personally. You know, the Bible says that it is God who directs the lives of His creatures. Uh, but we focus on ourselves to find purpose. And that may be the biggest lie we often believe from the world. That if we search deep enough in ourselves, if we focus on ourselves, if we, uh, if we do all those things, we will find purpose in life. But life is about letting God use you for His purpose. And what is that? At the very baseline, without going too deep into it, that purpose, that's his purpose, is for us to love him, to love others, and make disciples. You see, this, this third observation I see here, and it takes place in the very last verse here in verse 11, is that a second miracle actually takes place, right? We see the fish, the big catch of fish, but then the second miracle happens. Peter and the other fishermen get to shore, and what happens? They leave everything and follow Jesus. 
They just experienced the absolute height of their profession. They just witnessed the greatest catch they will ever see, they would ever see in their future. They know what just happened. And they end up leaving that catch on the shore to follow Jesus. Meaning that catch was not as important as what it showed them about who Jesus was. This calling of being fishers of men that Jesus had just given them became more important than their calling of being fishermen. You know, here is just this incredible part of our faith in Jesus. In John 15, 15, we can read this. It says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everyone or everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I choose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name and the father will give you. This relationship with God that we value here at Calvary is not a relationship where you are a servant and have to only do good things to please your master. Like a to-do list, like we talked about earlier, this relationship is an invitation to a friendship where nothing is held back from you, where restoration is available, where hope is available, where purpose is freely given. You see, we serve a God that is close to us. He's not distant. He is the one true God who loves us and wants to be loved by us. He's longing for us to not only say we have a relationship with God, but to live in that relationship. That relationship we talked about at the beginning where you hear from God, when you spend time with Him, you actually hear His voice where He gives you wisdom, where He directs your steps. That relationship is available for you and for me, and that is what sets our faith apart from so many. You know, I've learned something powerful recently about parenting. and I've grown to apply this, this application to my relationship with God, but there's this idea that you know, so many of us are so focused as parents on creating quality moments with our kids. We just want to have these quality moments where we can look back on and be just so excited and everyone be like, man, that was such a great time. But the reality is you can't control quality moments to happen, right? You can force your kids to sit down and have conversations, but often that's not going to produce quality. What we can actually control as parents is producing quantity of moments that we spend with our kids. You know, it's, it's having dinner every night maybe or switching our schedules around so we can be with them before bed or after school. You know, we can focus on the, the quantity of time and usually what happens is this, that in our quantity, quality happens with our kids and I think it happens with God the same way, that in our quantity of time that we spend with God, quality moments take place. You know, you can't just one day sit down and on a Monday morning and pray and, and, just, and expect God to, to have a quality moment with you. I think often we do that, right? We, we only go to when we need Him. We only go to Him when we remember that, hey, oh man, I can't do this on my own. I need God. So we go to Him and then it's like, God, why aren't you speaking to me? Why is this happening? Why is this quality moment that I so want not taking place? You know, and I think that this, 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 this theme of quality happens in the quantity so when we spend more time when we when we pursue it every day when we pray without ceasing like the bible says when we make this uh, our habits and who we are as a person of this relationship with god becomes such a high value and that's when the quality moments take place you know i really do believe that some moments will be like that catch where we have these weeks and these days where god speaks to us where there's quality happening quality every single day it feels like But then there's these seasons where it doesn't seem like that's going to take place, where we go out, we put the nets in at the right time in the middle of the night, but it doesn't seem to sow the same way that it did once before. 
You know, and I think it's in those sowing seasons where we're not necessarily reaping anything yet, but we understand that it's going to come, that we pursue that relationship anyways because we are made to worship God and be in relationship with Him. You see, when God finds His rightful place in our life, that's when our lives are truly transformed, like Peter's. So, you know, why is relationship with God a core value of Calvary? Because we serve a God who is actively pursuing a relationship with us. Because we understand that a, life, that a transformed life only takes place when a relationship with God is activated. You know, so how do we respond to this? How do we respond to this value that we have as a church? You know, I, I think there's two things, right? So for those of you who have a relationship with God, that's amazing. That's an incredible thing. And, and I would encourage you to continue pushing, continue creating more opportunities to invest in that relationship so that quality moments take place in the quantity. You know, I'd encourage you to attend Sunday mornings ready to give your best and receive from God. You know, it's not something where we want you to just show up and mark it off the to-do list. We actually want you to come there expecting that God will speak to you, that you can offer something to those around you. Maybe there's someone there who is feeling defeated. And, and by you worshiping, by you engaging, it actually encourages them to do the same, right? You know, I encourage you to attend midweek ministries or maybe serve at them to model for others what it looks like to be in a relationship with God. You know, I encourage you to attend our church retreat in February to set apart time with God and others. You know, there's so many things that we do, and this is why this is such a core value, because everything we do, we want it to be something that actually helps you have a relationship with God. So I would encourage you to make these things a priority. You know, but maybe you're here today and you're not yet in a relationship with God and you're listening and you're saying to yourself, I want that life of purpose. I'm sick of searching and I need something worth ending my search for. You know, this relationship is available for you and God is actively reaching out to you. Like we just read, he has already chosen you. As I pray, if this is a relationship that you desire, I encourage you to hear these words and say them on your own. And if you want to talk to someone about this relationship, we would love to talk with you about it. You know, you can follow instructions in our description about how to contact us best. But if this is a relationship that you want or that you want to talk about with somebody to learn more about, we would absolutely love and that would be a privilege for us to have that conversation. So let me pray for you this morning. God, we are just so thankful that you are a God who made us to be in a relationship with you, not to just do things for you. God, I pray that as we um, pursue you, as we pursue this relationship, God, that you would make yourself um, available to us, that we would be willing, that you would, would convict our hearts and show us the things that we need to lay down before you and repent of so that we can be in that right relationship with you. God, thank you so much that you love us. Thank you so much that you care about each of us so deeply that you've chosen all of us and that you have a deep desire to be in relationship with us. So God, would we all have an opportunity to be in that relationship with you. God, thank you so much. Amen.